There's something about God that his heart is moved when his, his children are in sync in prayer. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. We are honored that you're here again. Mm -hmm. I'm Kyle Reno. This is Bill Elif. We get the joy of hosting this thing together week after week. And really, the heart behind this podcast is to help stir our hearts again for a real move of God. Right. For revival and to teach you some truths and let you hear some testimonies because we need it, right? That's exactly right. And today, uh, we're going to look at a principle about revival and just about praying that is so critical. We're going to talk about united prayer. United. It's a power in unity. (laughs) I was telling Bill earlier, yeah, I I watched that play out at my breakfast table this morning. (laughs) So Abel, my soon-to-be seven-year-old on uh, this week, he... uh, we we're talking about his birthday. Talk, he's got a favorite meal, and, and my man, he loves food. Yeah, you know, like so. Yeah. A big part of birthday is what we're gonna have to eat. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. So he's got yeah. his mama's favorite meal that she makes for him that he's already said. But then he wants to go and get at a place we go and eat marketplace this dessert called chocolate mess. Mm. I mean, bro, it's, mm. you, you Hallelujah. It. I oh, mean, yeah. it is. I'm it comes just next. Just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Following this podcast yeah. we're going to get. But you know what he's done, though? Real wise. He's united his brothers behind him. <laughs> he's united. So it's not... Sibling just, unity. Yeah. So, I mean, even yeah. if we could look into Abel's face and go, you know, bud, instead we're going to stay home, make you a chocolate cake. Now it's the mass. It's yeah. the mass. Yeah, it's moving. And, and the truth is that there, there's a principle at play. Yeah. That when you have people looking the same direction, believing for the same thing, uh, in faith, mm-hmm. God sees that. So I know you want to, you've learned a lot about United Prayer. Well, you know, uh, Kyle, several years ago, uh, Byron Paulus and I wrote a book called One Cry, uh, and to unite a movement of prayer for spiritual awakening. And in the middle of that book, we uh, talked about six realities about revival and awakening, and one of those is a united cry. Yeah. And listen to this story in the opening of that chapter. The Angers Bridge uh, in France was completed in 1839. And in 1850, April 16th, there were 486 French soldiers that were walking across that bridge in cadence. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, unified sound and, and sound waves of their unified cadence caused the bridge to collapse. Wow. And 226 men died. Mm-hmm. And, and little known fact, every military unit in America and around the world, when they go over a bridge, they break cadence because it's the power of unity. Now, th- this is an amazing thing, and it, it, it really illustrates a biblical truth. And if you think about revival and spiritual awakening, always prior to a great movement of God, there has been united prayer. And so we want to talk about that for just a minute. Uh, let, me, let me give us a great scripture that you know. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus gave this incredible task to his disciples, he said, 
uh, I want you to go and you're going to be witnesses all over the world and the Holy Spirit's going to fall upon you. And then he left <laughs> and they're gaping up in the sky and the angel said, hey guys, go get after it. And so that we come to this verse in Acts 1.14. It says, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. These all, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Now, right after that is Pentecost. And we could just walk right through. If I had the time, I've got the scriptures listed uh, right here in my notes. I could take you to 30 different passages in the book of Acts where there was united prayer and God moved. United prayer and God moved. The church was afraid. They cried out. The place was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Now this illustrates two very important truths. And the first is this. United prayer is uniquely irresistible to God. I mean, just as Kyle was sharing about his kids, uh, the power of a united front with their siblings, in the same way, there's something about God that his heart is moved when his, his children are in sync in prayer. And God loves to answer the prayers of united people. Uh, one of the things that we see through revival history is prior to every awakening, something happened. Maybe it started with one person, another, a small group, but they began to pray. And here's the point. They began to pray together in a united cry. And God hears that cry. It's uniquely irresistible to God. But you say, well, how does that happen? And that's what I want us to see for just a minute because I know a, little pa a lot of pastors who say, I don't, I don't know how to get that started in my city. I don't even know how to get it really started in my church. And, and let me just give you one primary principle. United prayer happens among friends. Now just, you can write that one down. In fact, Bob Bakke, our dear friend, a great uh, man of revival and revival history, uh, said that history is changed among friends. It's moved by friendships. I had a dear friend now that I didn't even know. He came to one of our One Cry meetings once uh, from Reno, Nevada, Brent Brooks, and he went back to his city with a burden on his heart for Reno, a very, a very needy, wicked town. He called us one day and said, I don't know what to do. I want to start a movement of prayer in our city. I don't know what to do. And we, we said, well, you know, you could just start by taking some guys to lunch. Do you know the pastors in your city? No, I don't really. And so he began to just systematically, he, he ate lunch every day. So he just called a pastor and said, hey, would you, could I take, take you to lunch? Do you know what he discovered? He discovered that there was a group of African-Americans that had uh, pastors who'd been meeting for over a year crying out to God for a movement in their city. Then he discovered there was a group of uh, Pentecostal pastors that had been praying in the same way. There was a group of Hispanic pastors that were praying. There were a group of men's ministry guys that were meeting to pray. There were six different groups 
of men that were crying out to God for the same thing, and they didn't even know each other existed. So he called us and said, what do we, what do, we do? And I said to, to Brent, well, let's get him all in the same room. And I'll never forget going to Reno, Nevada, and 400 leaders showing up one day in a church weeping and crying out for their city. The next year I went back and 900 uh, spiritual leaders were there. And there's a, a, a sustained movement of united prayer happening in that, in that city. So how do you start this? Well, number one, it starts among friends. Uh, every, every movement of united prayer that I've seen in any city has come about because some people uh, developed some relational, a relational grid in that city. They just started being friends with each other. And the second thing I would say is start small. I, I, I've not seen it very effective for some pastor to send out an email to everybody and say prayer meeting at 7 o'clock next Tuesday. Uh, God could use that for sure. But so often when we get these random emails from people we don't know, we think, well, what's his agenda? What's going on? Uh, I don't know that guy. But if there has been a growing relationship developed between a few men or a few pastors or a few spiritual leaders or intercessors in the city, uh, then you can begin to pray together and say, well, hey, the five of us, let's just get together every Thursday morning early and pray and let God grow that group His way. So start small, develop genuine friendships. Here's a, here's a wonderful way to think about your involvement in citywide prayer. Uh, Harry Lee, one of my dear friends of Mosaic Church in Little Rock, uh, said to me one day, he said, Bill, I tithe my time to the city movement. I've got a church to pastor. That's my primary responsibility. I've got a family to raise. But I am deeply interested in the united movement of prayer in our city. So I'm going to give 10% of my time to that. I thought that was a great way uh, to view this. Didn't, didn't hurt that Harry had an engineering background. But it, it's, it's sad to see so many pastors say to other pastors, I just don't have time to pray with you. I just, I just think the gatekeepers of the city spiritually coming together in prayer is really critical. And, and so maybe you can't give all of your time to that, and you shouldn't if you're pastoring or serving somewhere, but tithe your time. Give a part of your time to that uh, because you recognize how critical it is. And then a fourth thing is you've got to learn how to pray personally. In other words, praying together is going to help your prayer life, but don't let it be the substitute for your prayer life. You've got to learn how to really meet with God in prayer. And you know, I believe if you'll pray about that, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Please just teach us to pray and teach us how to pray. And I think... Jesus is still answering that prayer. So I regularly pray about my prayer life. I've been praying for almost 50 years now. Lord, make me a man of unceasing prayer. And uh, God loves to hear that prayer. What if you begin to pray for your own prayer life, for the 
spiritual leaders in your church. Lord, just make us a people of unceasing prayer. What if you started praying on a regular basis every week? Lord, would you unite the hearts of the spiritual leaders, the pastors, the intercessors, the elders of this city, and unite them in prayer for the next great move of God in our city? And then one final thing I'd say to you that is really critical, and that's never give up. Just don't give up. David Bryant, who was the head of concerts for prayer in New York City and, and has, has studied the movements of prayer around the world for many, many years, he said, I've never seen a sustained movement in any city of prayer that didn't have at least one persevering leader. I could tell you the name of that guy in Little Rock, Arkansas. In fact, we have several. But there, there's several men in our city who are just bulldogs about uniting the church and helping the church realize there's not one, there's not several churches in this city. There's one church, really, with several expressions. And that church needs to be gathering periodically to cry out to God in prayer. So I've watched this, Kyle, over 25 years. In fact, this year we're having our 25th prayer summit where right. we're going away for two or three days just to pray, which we've been doing for 25 years. And uh, our prayer movement in our city has ebbed and flowed. Right. But there's a wonderful understanding among several hundred pastors that uh, we're doing this thing together, and it makes a difference. Right. Don't you know that if the enemy has a strategy to keep us from unity? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if that's busyness or if that's some kind of comparison or or competition with one another. Yeah. But don't you know on the other side of it that God has this great desire? Absolutely. And when he leans in over a city, over a region, and he finds specifically, I would say, pastors mm-hmm. that are rallying his people and God's people <laughs> to pray that he just has to move. You know, yeah. he, his heart just overflows. Well, Psalm, the psalmist said how blessed this unity is. Right. And there, God commands a blessing. That's right. He commands a right. blessing right there. Yeah. We, we have a little uh, piece we want to uh, video several years ago, but it's a group of pastors here in Little Rock just talking about the same thing and what a blessing it has been in our lives and in our city. So listen to this for just a few moments. In a moment of extended uh, prayer and fasting in my own life uh, in 1996, there was a moment where I really sensed God saying that He wanted to unite the church in Central Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And He wanted me to serve Him in that. And I had no idea what that meant at the time, but it wasn't long after that that uh, I began to meet other pastors who already were praying together. Mm -hmm. And out of a small group of pastors that had been praying together, God led us to that first prayer summit in 1998. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, isn't it, how uh, Uh, This moves along relational lines, and I think if there's anything we've seen uh, in Little Rock is that movement happens among friends, and and that friendships are most dramatically developed in prayer. That first prayer summit, uh, the first day, I remember everybody was pontificating in prayer, and about halfway through the day, the Lord just walked into the room 
and men began to weep and confess and get real and uh, our hearts were knit together. And then we had four more days. And I'll never forget coming out of that first prayer summit realizing I have 25, 30 blood brothers right here that I've never had before in any city. And it has, uh, it's changed my life. I remember George Otis talking his, in some of the transformation videos where he had studied uh, community transformation, talking about the two things that were always present. Uh, united prayer, fervent united prayer, and persevering leadership. And mm -hmm. by God's grace, uh, I think He's given those to us mm -hmm. here in Central Arkansas. And I think really at the, at the core of what sustained us has been this call from God, this belief that, that He's at work here. Mm -hmm. I like what one of our uh, prayer facilitators talked about, and that was developing in each church a culture of prayer. And then hopefully as the churches come together and pray, the city gets um, developed a culture of prayer mm -hmm. and it just creates more desire to pray. I've just been blown away by when we, we take our, our denomination hats off mm -hmm. and just um, be open to praying to God and just seeking His face. Um, all types of things have come out of that. The picture that kept coming into my mind of Little Rock was like a spiritual nuclear explosion, you know, where there was this, this mighty work of God, and, and He was so lifted up over the city, nobody cared what was in front of the, in front of the church on the sign before the word church, you know, everybody was just concerned about being the church for the city. And I think that's, to me, one of the most beautiful things that's begin, beginning to happen in Little Rock is, those barriers are coming down. We realize we are one church in this city, and I'm just a small part of that, and I need all these other expressions and parts of the body for us to reflect accurately the nature of Christ in this, in this city. We begin to think if we were to work together, if we were to come together and, and serve in a way that the city could see, uh, would, would, would that make a difference? And so it was 100 churches that came together uh, for that first share fest and in and, and both our Little Rock and Norfolk Rock mayor said it was one of the most significant volunteer events the city had ever had and so it was this great visible light but I think more than that it it helped us as the church see that when we were united together we could see more happen for the glory of God. And then we had a big uh, rally in the uh uh, the arena and instead of kind of shouting about how wonderful we are though we we had 60 pastors on the on the podium confessing our sin that we had failed to be the church and I think that was the appropriate thing to do I think God I think that was a turning moment for our city uh, to say hey forgive us for not loving you and not being unified and uh, and then there was a, a uniting of our hearts in that moment that was incredible. I think there were about 8,000 people that were there uh, that night. You have to believe that, that the church's unity and in 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 prayer have, have contributed in some significant way to our community really being a different community. Mm -hmm. I think uh, racial reconciliation has been uh, a big plus uh, in this, but it has not, it, we didn't come together because of racial, uh, racial reconciliation. We came together to, uh, to pray and to seek God for the city. Racial reconciliation happens a lot easier when it's somebody you love and care about. It was obvious that uh, after trying so many resources and strengthening and offices and all of that, you know, something was needed greater, and uh, and that greater need was really God. I can remember uh, pastors coming uh, at a at a prayer summit and saying, you know, I know that my relationships, my involvement here, 
have saved my ministry, they might have saved my life. We really are a band of brothers, and we're gonna be there. Uh, if you're suffering in your church, we're gonna be there. If you're suffering in your family, we're gonna be there for each other. You know, I am one of the testimonies, because when I, when I went to my first prayer summit, I'm so overwhelmed with, with what it meant to be a pastor. I had no clue, and, and then just learning how to pray with other pastors and then finding friendships with other pastors who understood. I doubt very seriously that I would even be in the ministry today if I hadn't have discovered that back in 2004. One of the most encouraging aspects of the whole movement has been seeing the city's hunger to pray and um, how we've just over the last couple of years began doing the quarterly prayer times and they're called Evening of Prayers. I love seeing how powerful those have been and just how you see, of course, the attendance wanes and, and rises according to the schedule, but just and one I remember seeing about 500 people who came out from the city just to pray and just how powerful that night was. It was very diverse. It was just God's presence was, was just so strong in evidence. And I feel like every time we do that, we begin healing the body you know, of whatever spiritual strongholds that are out there. I think another thing that God has done is begin to show us some mercy drops of revival. I know last, uh, in the spring of 2010, God began to move in several of the churches in just an extraordinary way. Uh, in our own church, one service that broke into an expansion of His movement that lasted for five solid weeks uh, every night. And that same thing, I remember on that same day that that broke out in our church, another church uh, right close to us and a dear friend of mine, uh, they baptized spontaneously 18 people mm -hmm. on that day. And then we began to hear the reports of that happening in several churches around the city. And, and it's, just, it's just wonderful that we're connected mm -hmm. because what happens at your church begins to affect me and that begins to affect you and that begins to affect you and we're, we're mutually stimulated and we, we're hearing God together. I long to see us uh, raise up the low places and bring down the high places and clear a highway for our God mm -hmm. so that the Lord could just come in our city. Say, say that again. <laughs> to clear out the low places, mm. to raise up the low places, bring down the high places, clear out all the rocks to prepare a highway for our God. Wow. And, and I think we're going to see it. That's, that's what's amazing. I, I think I have absolute faith that what's happened in our past is God building our faith to believe Him for and to pray for greater things in our city so that He can be more greatly glorified and I long for that as well and, uh, and I think he wants us to cry out for that. Amen. Oh man, nothing like a testimony. Yeah. You know, to see it in real time, you lived it here. Right. And uh, to hear from guys and I hope that it's building our faith for your context, mm -hmm. for your city to see a united prayer movement. Mm -hmm. So like every time that we get together and share on this podcast. We don't want to talk about praying and not praying, you know, and actually pray. So, Bill, if you would, why don't we pray for our listeners and for different mm -hmm. cities that united prayer will start happening, and I'll close this out. Okay. Let's pray together. Father, we are, <laughs> or we're just so privileged to be able to walk into your throne room right now mm -hmm. because of Jesus and and stand before you and cry out. And Lord, 
were particularly privileged to be able to do that with friends. And that you would hear our united cries. Some of them are uh, in their car right now. Some of them are, are in their office uh, or their home. Uh, but all together, we are uniting our hearts in prayer before you and asking, Oh God, would you unite us in one cry? And I pray for every person who's listening to this podcast and will listen to it in the days ahead, that you would place a deep burden for united prayer in their city, in their town, in their church, among, among two or three churches that are around them, uh, that they would just begin to unite and spend time in prayer. And Lord, that's where you command a great blessing. Mm -hmm. And we know historically that's where you have moved. Mm. And so, Father, we pray for a movement across our nation of united prayer. Yeah, Lord, I agree with that. And I, I pray it would start strategically today in some places that will spread to other places. Mm -hmm. So, God, I, I pray for some pastors to get a burden to get with a few other pastors that might start at a lunch and then move to a room where they pray together. And that, Lord, from that, as Bill said, that the anointing of God would flow. Mm -hmm. That, Lord, you would empower people to be a part of real, tangible moves of God right now, uh, Lord, in your church and in cities all over the U.S. and to the ends of the earth, Lord. Right. So I pray you would do it because you're worthy of it. Mm -hmm. and, and, Lord, people need it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, thank you for joining us on the One Cry podcast. I strongly encourage you to check out the website, onecry.com. There's plenty of resources there mm -hmm. to help you even facilitate your prayer life. And like always, we'd encourage you to really share this. Don't just listen to it mm -hmm. personally and, and then walk away and deal with what God's doing with you. Send it to somebody that you know would be a great encouragement to them. And let, let me remind you of this resource, uh, the One Cry book that Byron and I wrote uh, again, there are six principles. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, David said, Lord, let me know your ways so that I may know you. Every man or woman of God needs to know the ways of God. Yeah. So there are six principles in here about revival and awakening that are universally true about, about his ways, and we ought to know them. Right. And here's the reason. If you don't know them, you don't cooperate with right. them. And we miss them. So... Here's a way for us to join in with God and what he's doing. Nice. I hope you get a copy of One Cry. That's awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you next week and to make sure uh, to take these things and apply them. See you next time.